0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Housewives Archives, a podcast where we discuss in great depth all things real housewives. My name is James Evans and joining me is my co-host and her house was broken into and she confronted the burglar and then had to go have eye surgery and then my son had to go over and help and he rolled his car five times on the way home. It's (laughs) Elianne!
1: It's a thing it's, it's I'm dealing like a with a lot thing. right now know. it's it's, a, a, it's just, just a whole thing
0: gonna, i yeah I'm just gonna put my finger under my nose
1: exactly <laughs> It's just too much yeah it's <laughs> a thing. <laughs>
0: Hello, birthday boy. How are you doing? Hi. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I've turned 30. It's a big number. I should Ooh. also note, it's kind of a birthday for the podcast as well, because the very first episode we recorded, we were talking about my birthday then. So more or less, by the time this comes out, it may be exactly one year since the Housewives archives Oh my premiered. God. So snaps all around. What a milestone. Yeah. Very exciting.
1: I'm so proud of us. As someone who endlessly starts projects and doesn't finish them and gets, like, very overexcited by, like, new ideas of myself constantly, where it's like, I'm going to be the kind of person who writes a novel or, like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to be the kind of person who trains to be a therapist or whatever... I'm so proud. I have to say, I I didn't think when we started, I was worried that it would become another project where I was like, "Ah, this was really fun for the first few weeks. And then we both ran out of time and we ran out of stuff to say. And look
0: at us now. No, I'm like shocked that the two of us together did it. Because I don't know about you. I've never, whenever I have done a project before with somebody else, I normally kind of rely on the other person to like do all the important As I have done completely work. with you. Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> so it's been nice for me to know that I and have And you took up myself, that mantle. So yeah, exactly.
1: And I normally am the person who does all of the work. So it's... <laughs> lovely it's been a complete role reversal
0: right uh, so it's been it's been good for me to know that i have that within myself it's nice to yes see something has stuck from the pandemic haze i feel like looking back on the last couple of years it is in my mind just a bit of a graveyard of abandoned creative projects
1: Mm, like half learned piano pieces and like i have an unfinished paint by numbers sitting in my kitchen
0: yeah this is actually really embarrassing but before we did the podcast i was my obsession before this was 80s aerobics workouts and i actually i got really deep and i was like i wrote an essay and sent it (laughs) to the new york times about why they're great (laughs) i like tried to buy stock in a in a <laughs> in a business to like set up a netflix of 80s workouts um i don't know what i, I don't why am i saying all this out loud i don't I really sorry this is too much of a sharing i don't circle. know but it
1: was kind of amazing watching you just go
0: I, got, I think i just repressed all of that
1: to be serious for a moment mm-hmm. i want to say because as much as i laugh about you know how much james does all of the heavy lifting on this one year anniversary that i didn't even know was happening. Um, <laughs> Not only am I unbelievably grateful, you know, James is the one, James runs all of the Instagram, he's the one that comes up with all of the amazing content and like edits together all of these shows in a way that I can guarantee you if I was responsible for any of this, the podcast would not have lasted more than a month. (laughs) Not only am I incredibly grateful to you for that, but also... Um, we did start this in like an incredibly difficult time and we started the podcast not to get too kind of saccharine but partly because obviously we were all thoroughly depressed and it was a really difficult year but on top of that James and I couldn't see each other and it it looked like we weren't gonna be able to see each other for a very long time and I can't tell you how much joy it's brought me doing this every week and if anything like more and more joy the more we do it Um I just, I just love doing this podcast with Thank you.
0: Thank you. Yeah. And I felt completely the same way. And I, th- you know, this all grew out from our extended phone conversations where we were both just binging Real Housewives all day. And I'd give you we a We were call. just doing this anyway. We were just doing it anyway. I go for like my daily big walk around Bed-Stuy in Brooklyn, which is fucking shit. And I'd be on the phone <laughs> to you and we'd be chatting away for hours and hours. And then we just decided to make it. Public, and it's just amazing how it's grown from that. And I think the last time I looked, we had over 13,000 downloads across the board which which is mental that's
1: ridiculous to think
0: about we have fans in as far away as Azerbaijan famously Elise is a fan we love you we I mean we've made leaps and bounds it's it's crazy I
1: feel like Andy Cohen would have been all over how sickly sweet that little moment was between like that was like reunion gold that's what the shows always want these two people who are just like I just love you, and I'm just really grateful for you. And you know, we've had our ups and downs, and ultimately, we're family.
0: Well, it's great to see you moving on to better things. That's
1: what the show's all about. Exactly.
0: And just speaking as- of Andy
1: Cohen, yeah, I have to. Oh, sorry,
0: I was just going to say. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> taking that really sentimental genuine moment i'm just going to piggyback off of that and do a real push for ourselves and just say if you're really enjoying the podcast we love seeing reviews they really really help us out it helps us grow our audience
1: mainly it just strokes our egos and makes us really feel good it's sense, also like
0: really it. strange like it's not possible to do less than a five-star review i don't know why it's really odd but i mean if you want to give us a nice review then please do leave one on the apple podcast app or just failing that just send us a a, an instagram message everyone is read and it's very thoroughly appreciated it goes through me and then i pass it on to ellie and just makes us feel good and i
1: print it off and i put it on my wall and (laughs) you know that i dated a guy last year who literally had a wall of printouts of every time he'd ever been mentioned in a review or a tweet
0: Ooh. In a tweet.
1: Yeah, and I have to say, all of my friends, after it didn't work out, were like, how was that not the moment where you put... But at the time, I was like, you know what? Maybe we could all afford to be a, a little more proud of ourselves. Maybe I could learn from this guy.
0: So, I mean, did you mention this to your friends while you were dating him? So clearly, like, deep down, you were thinking this isn't normal no
1: i don't think i
0: do. i don't think i do okay great <laughs>
1: i think maybe one or two and their response was very much like that's weird okay especially once they pointed out they were like he'd have had to have like found them and printed them out he'd have had to like screenshot them and yeah. then print them like it's a lot of effort
0: so did he screenshot like the individual tweets or did he just like copy the text from the tweet and then paste it into a word document and then print that out was it like the actual screenshots I'm not sure. You know what? I'll have to get back to him. I know. We need to get to the bottom of this. That's basically what we're doing. If we had enough fans, then we would do that. I think we have enough to fill barely a wall.
1: Oh, for sure. Like a tiny <laughs> section of the right. wall. Like yeah. exactly <laughs> like it.
0: The size of a little wallpaper sample.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, when people are painting their house and they have like a couple of A little test on Yeah, yeah, wall. yeah. Ours would be like that. It'd One be like those. four Instagram DMs. <laughs> <laughs> where James had just like scribbled out in red the bit where they said that my Camille impression was the best
0: right Um, don't know what they're talking about
1: so Speaking of Andy Cohen, which we're not anymore, but we were when I tried to make this segue. Um, I, uh, I have to applaud. He was on peak Andy Cohen form and this latest Beverly Hills reunion when he was grilling Erica. It was quite close to that Camille, the like conniving, passive aggressive, <laughs> narcissistic. It, it was, it was very that vibe yeah. of just like going in super hard and, but she was. It was funny because where with Camille, it was a bit like watching someone kind of BB gunning a puppy or whatever. She just was sort of sat there like, mm, mm, and stuff. Obviously, Erica kind of rose to the bar more. It was, it was kind of, it was like this weird, like they were both quite into it. And it's like, mm. each thing he said, she was a bit like, next, like, give, like yeah. next question. And like, am I angry enough for you? Can you hear it in my voice? Very, I've given up on the Erica impression.
0: Um, Fucking hell Same (laughs) Just whatever comes out Comes out Props to her though I feel like she kind of Took it like a champ though I don't know if I was Entirely satisfied With all of her answers But I appreciate that She just Mm, kind of Yes
1: and no Whereas in like I agree that I, I think she showed up But it actually really annoyed me When she implied that About Lisa Vanderpump Where she was like She didn't show up And she was like I She made it like I should be Applauded for being here Which I get But at the same time I was like answering all the questions doesn't mean being you're being upfront, and I do understand that like her, her situation means that maybe she can't say stuff but I just found the whole thing very frustrating the way that like anytime anyone tries to talk to her about anything she kind of bites their head off or she does this very annoying thing of constantly being like would you like to be me would you like my situation and it's like well that's not what they're saying Right? They're, it's like totally irrelevant to the question mm-hmm. like of course we don't want to be me but it's like she actually very rarely answered the things she was told in terms of for instance when they kept saying about like, have you asked Tom why he did this? And her response to be like, I've asked him how could you leave me with millions of lawsuits pointing at me or whatever. And like, that's not what so they it's are like, asked. It's like cool
0: you didn't answer that. Yeah, no, yeah. She was like there in body but not in spirit.
1: It's like a cover that it's being up front. Yeah. I, we should probably give this again, obviously everyone knows, unless you're like me and you've been living under a rock <laughs> where <laughs> you
0: didn't Oh my God James. That was so funny.
1: So <laughs> I started watching The Ultimate Girls Trip. Yeah. And literally five minutes in, Teresa's kissing someone that's not Joe Judy's. And I literally sat up in the bath and I went, what, where's Joe Judy's? And then I was like, I have to watch this with James because it's just going to be one long endless thing of being like, Ellie, how do you not know that? And at that point, I was like, (laughs) I was like, I can't, I, I have to wait and watch it. When it takes.
0: It's like, so, like, you're going to be watching The Godfather or something. You're just going to, you need, like, someone there to be like, okay, this is where, like, Don, whatever, does this now. And, like, I need to explain. Which is that. crazy
1: because obviously, like, I do know these worlds, but it's just, like, certain, I don't, I totally bow down to your very extensive, like, you cover New Jersey and Atlanta and Potomac. You, you cover the breadth of them where, like, I am quite out of my depth beyond, um, Beverly Hills in New York. I know enough to like know the references and quite often know quite niche moments and things, but I haven't followed as religiously, so I'm more like the person that's like, "Oh, I like that Erica Jane. like
0: but I think what you do know, you really yeah,
1: like I know early stuff quite well.
0: You think about it in an elevated way. I feel like I'm more like a trivial pursuit kind of knowledge where it's like I know a little bit about a lot of things. I have like a good working knowledge oh my God, how
1: good would it be if this was your um your mastermind? It would
0: be my mastermind. I've yeah. People have asked me that before. You would be and so I think great. it would be. Yeah, I'd, and yeah. I'd do it with a straight face.
1: For sure. But yes, uh, Ultimate Girls Trip, that's uh, something that's going to
0: have to wait. Yeah, we'll have to. I think we'll have to, we'll have to watch it together. And then maybe, you know, when it's all wrapped up, we'll do a little um, one-off special, just picking over little bits and bobs from the series. I have so many stray thoughts I want to share with you.
1: Maybe we can Instagram story some of it. I don't know if anyone here follows James on Instagram, but my God, he did this Instagram story follow along of this Christmas film. With, like, what she called Megan Hilty. It made me laugh so much. (laughs) everyone should follow james for no one there's no point following me in terms of i mean apart from to like boost my ego but i literally just put up like pictures of pasta but james's comedy content is so
0: strong <laughs> thank you guys i'm really embarrassed like don't follow me but like if you want to it's at this is james evans you know but, just but just do a, follow a me. no it's my favorite thing <laughs> to watch crap christmas films that are made for tv and then just analyze the fuck out of them but also take the piss but also really appreciate them uh, it's my favorite thing
1: oh my god I have, this is a, a totally like irrelevant story, but that I just got reminded of. And I know that we need to get into talking about Erica, but I really want to tell you this story. Yeah. When I was last in New York, this is a couple of years ago, I was here with my friend Tyrone and we were walking in Williamsburg and there were, we were like across the road from this tiny shop and literally in the middle of a conversation, I was like, oh, I want to go in there. And we went in and we were walking around and we were talking quite loudly. Or we were the only people in there. And as we were leaving, the girl working in the shop was like, oh, are you guys British? We said, yes. And she was like, me too. And we started having a conversation with her and she'd come over and she was doing Lee Strasberg, And we were like, oh, amazing. You know, good luck with that. And oh, and, and she was like, oh, are you guys actors? And we were like, yes. And, and then as we, again, I, I was very hot in the shop, so I kept kind of trying to leave <laughs> like edging towards the door and Tyrone was being very polite and then she was like oh do you guys have social media can I follow you on it and I was there thinking like you don't want to follow me on social media all you're gonna get is a defunct Twitter account and like I say like an Instagram in which like once a month I put up a picture of me with like funny hair and Tyrone's quite a successful actor over here So I was like Just give her your handles Because you're the one Where she's going to follow you And be like Wow You were like Nominated for an Olivier And it's going to be cool So I didn't even bother To move to her To give my Social media handles And Tyrone went over And I didn't realise That he wrote mine down as well And we turned around To leave again By this point I'm positively boiling
0: This is really intense For a shop
1: I know And she was like Oh my god Ellie Nunn And I was like Yes And she was like sister of jesse nun who's my brother and i was like yes she was like i know your brother and i was like oh my god that's too weird and she went i have seen you oh because earlier she kept being like i feel like i've seen you in something and i was like you really haven't anyway she was like oh my god not only have i seen you in a show i wrote my thesis on you and on your what performance in that show not a Thesis. Thesis was strong. Like, dissert- <laughs> like her like end I of her dissertation. I wrote a
0: tweet
1: <laughs> thesis-, <laughs> thesis was like, I've written a book about you. <laughs> um, How mental is that story? That's so bizarre. So- she'd, through my brother, she'd known that, about a show that was happening and she'd gone to see it and I, this show that I was in. And she'd ended up writing about the show.
0: Which show was it? Is it one that i have seen? Soldier On. Oh. It was wow. just
1: so weird. So anyway that just reminded me in terms of like social media handles that was one of the only times ever that my social media handles um paid off so erica 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 uh, that's what i was gonna say like 17 minutes ago mm-hmm. um i was gonna say for some context but obviously we all know but i think i feel like we should talk a bit about erica and tom about how their relationship began partly because i'm just quite fuzzy on the detail uh, details mm-hmm. but also what it was before we get on to what it it's like, where it's very easy to, to get a bit caught up in just like this season of, mm-hmm. of Erica and Tom.
0: Yeah. Didn't she? So she met him as a cocktail waitress and she was already in Beverly Hills at this point, wasn't she? And was she a cocktail waitress or was she a dancer? She, I think she was just a dancer back in her New York, New Jersey days. I think by that point, by the okay. time she was in LA, I think she'd um, moved into the next phase of her life. So she was serving Tom and he was a regular for about a year And then she, I think she made it seem like after a year of harassment, she kind of was like, oh, okay, I'll give you my number. And then it was like a very whirlwind wedding. And didn't they get married in a country club or something? And there was no prenup.
1: I heard this story and I didn't know if this was true. And this is why I was saying I was foggy. It's because I feel like I heard someone say that, I'm not sure this is right, but that they got like married that day and that they were literally just like running around being like, is anyone here? Can anyone here marry us? And then they found someone who could. Um,
0: let's see, let's see. I'm looking up. Okay, I'm on people.com. A timeline really of Erica we and we now I to do this. <laughs> to do this research. Uh, okay. You guys have got nothing to do so she was a cocktail waitress at chasen's which is a restaurant in la uh she was 27 and she Mm -hmm. was divorced and she had her son thomas and she said that marriage was the furthest thing from my mind and after a year-long friendship tom asked her out a few months after they met gerardi moved in to erica's Ah. and then another six months after that tom proposed and then they got married in 1999 at that restaurant where she worked and this was Tom's this was Erica's second marriage and it was Tom's third marriage <laughs> so
1: you're gonna be like and Tom's 11th <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: um, so,
1: interesting that you say Girardi moved into her yeah again. you
0: but- i was gonna say definitely would have thought it was i mean you would have thought and i'm also i was gonna say take all of this with a pinch of salt because this is on people and this is from an an interview that erica gave so maybe this is a slightly Mm. whitewashed you know Mm. romanticized take on the whole thing i'm trying to find like a reddit thread because normally reddit i don't really understand how reddit works but it's quite good with this kind of thing
1: while you're looking, one yeah. thing I want to say, so so he's a defense lawyer, most famous for the Aaron Brockovich case, and n- not just through Erica's portrayal of him on the show, constantly reinforcing this idea of like his good guy status, and like a lot of pride in the kind of moral win of being with like a defense lawyer, but he's also I think quite famous within the kind of legal community. For this, this persona of sort of standing up for the little guy. Right. And I am interested at in myself that I didn't have like alarm bells sooner. I don't quite know how I watched that back then and didn't go, he's a defence lawyer for the little guy and they have a mansion this and two planes.
0: lifestyle, yeah.
1: It just doesn't. And not just that, but like he entirely funds her career, which as you said last week, whether you like it or not is essentially a very expensive hobby and an entire, like, it's like a whole brand Mm -hmm. that's been created. I don't know how I didn't spot that as a red flag of, I really believe this, that in life, no one makes that kind of money doing something that doesn't screw over other people in some way. No one gets to be a good guy and be that rich, especially as a defense lawyer. You just don't make that kind of money. Otherwise, humans, I think, would be better people if you could be that kind of rich and be right. morally right. Great. Like, <laughs> I, I don't think that's how it works.
0: I think the two go hand in hand as well, doesn't it? Where it's like financially, it's like semi impossible to live that kind of opulent lifestyle. But also, even if it were, the optics of it don't look particularly good either.
1: Totally. And like, it's so weird that he's presented again and again as I, it's going to be confusing because we did last week's episode as well. I I don't know whether I just repeated myself. I don't know whether I said that last week. But, you know, he's definitely presented as having this very Sandy Cohen, like, (laughs) grassroots personality. But like you said, like, the whole point is that's totally at odds with a lifestyle that just feels like quite icky if mm-hmm. that's what you were working with yeah. every day,
0: how chilling was it in the opening package when we first meet Erica at home, and then Tom's going off to work, and she's sort of fixing his tie and everything, and saying, "I want to make you look good, babe," and then he's saying, um, oh, i got to look good for the for the jury. I got to make them like me." And it just it sends shivers down my spine now, with everything that we know how I know how calculated everything was, and it just makes me think of the listening back to the recordings from that documentary where he's leaving those voicemails.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And it's just, everything is just so manipulative. And it's like, I'll get your money soon. Just please don't be mad at me. I'm a little baby. Don't be cross with, you know, it's just, oh, (laughs) God. Vile. Yeah,
1: exactly. Absolutely. And it's very strange. Like you say, there's this almost like weird cutesy, but very... It's odd the difference between like Erica and Tom compared to, let's say, Joyce and Michael, where Joyce's whole thing of being like, My baby, I call him my baby, and he's my he's just my big squishy baby or mm. whatever, is quite sort of um, not flimsy, but like it doesn't have the calculated it's like Erica and Tom are like you say, living this strange sort of fifties, cutesy almost relationship in a very considered mannered way. Mm-hmm. And with a lot of self-awareness and a lot of like, yeah, that's what I do. I, and I send him off each day to work. And it's not peppy. Yeah. It is weird.
0: It's weird looking back at things like Tom never read Erica's book. And she was sat there at the reunion, really stunned that anyone thought that was odd and odd that he didn't go to see her in Chicago. Or not
1: going to Chicago, yeah. exactly.
0: And I think because she hid behind the, uh, the 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 age difference and everything, because she so immediately was upfront about, look, our marriage isn't a conventional marriage. It might not look like anyone else's marriage. And so we kind of immediately had to accept that it was different. And so I think everything she used that as then carte blanche... For everything to be...
1: Totally. Yeah. And also, like you were saying last week, as a kind of shield that meant no one could question anything, where with any of the other husbands, they would absolutely be like, that's weird. Yeah. That, that As though, partly because I have to say, if anyone questions anything with Erica, she's very quick to bite off their head. So it feels like if anyone had been like, that's weird that Tom didn't come and see you in Chicago, she'd have been very quick to be like, he has a lot of shit to do. Mm-hmm. To be angry where... And that's what I think made the the speed of the turnaround very difficult for everyone to stomach because Erica had, for years, been so quick to not just defend, but like protect the status of this relationship and to never own any vulnerabilities within it, to never be like, yeah, of course we have hard days. Yeah, of course (laughs) some of it's like, yeah, of course there's a slight father-daughter dynamic or whatever. If you do that and are very quick to anger at anyone, getting anywhere close to touching it. It's difficult if one day you're you're saying how amazing they are, and the next day you're suddenly like, we're getting divorced, and now I'm gonna open up to you the whole time about difficulties, and now I'm gonna talk about all those vulnerabilities and stuff. Of course that's what happens, don't get me wrong, like child of divorce over here, It is extraordinary the human capacity to one day be like pretending everything's fine and carrying on and the next day be unable to even pretend anymore and like everything is awful. And I get when everyone kept being like, how can she one day be saying he was great and the next day be saying it was bad? I do understand that can happen. I just think the reason it was so difficult to digest as both a viewer and for the other women was because she had put up such a barrier around that and held it up as such a elevated relationship like none of you can understand this or touch it or like Mm -hmm. have an opinion on it of course it's going to be hard when you then turn around and you're like now i need to lean on all of you to tell you and i need you to treat me as if i'm the victim in this
0: there is it's interesting to compare it to something like the taylor and russell situation and again time has changed since then. And I think all of the women sort of wised up to the dynamics of toxic marriages and stuff. And I agree with PK when he said, he put it quite well when he said, I don't think Erica's lying, but I feel like she's been put in a situation by a controlling husband. So I think there is some similarity there, but it's interesting just how the women held Taylor's feet to the fire so intensely and so unceasingly. And then for Erica... I get why she would maybe present an idealized image of her marriage just for her own sense of self-preservation or whatever. But you have to. She it 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 wasn't true. She was lying, and I. That's the thing that there was. There's no gesture of. When she then says, oh, he was cheating on me all yeah. through the marriage. There's no acknowledgement that that is just a contradiction of what she said before. There's no sense yeah. of I had to say that because I was a woman in trouble or whatever.
1: God, what you've just said is so true about Taylor. It really is a perfect example, whether we like to admit it or not, that with Taylor, the reason she was treated completely different is because she is gives off or is seen or whatever as like a weaker Person or is like needing their affirmation. It's so true that it is crazy to think the standard they held Taylor to. And you think of I'm thinking of her sitting with the black eye and mm. Adrian still being like, no, no, but like,
0: we but don't we don't believe or whatever. That, you know, yeah.
1: when you think of we've just had a whole season of pretty much apart from Sutton and Garcelle, all of the women being like, guys, guys, guys. She's going through an awful time. Like it's not cool. You can't ask about that. You can't where it is a totally different standard. Yeah,
0: completely. And it's it's frustrating for her, for Erica to sit there in the reunion and go, Sutton, why would you go and consult other sources when I'm the source right here? You could ask me. I am a reliable source. When for the past five years, you've said one thing about your marriage. And then this year you've said many things that completely contradict that. Like you have... But also,
1: it's such a lack of awareness of just, like, basic human behaviour. When someone's going through something enormous, of course you don't go to them and go, I just want to check, by the way, how I'm affected by this. Or... Right. Can you imagine if something went to her and was like, sorry, I know that this is bad timing, but could this come back on me? Or whatever. Erica would be like, fuck off. Like, Erica holds them all to an impossible standard. Yeah. An impossible level of loyalty, an impossible, like, level of standing by someone. And also she, in the same way that the shows are famous for the women always saying, like, it's neither the time nor the place. But it's like never the time or the place. Erica is just such a walking contradiction of don't talk to me about that or don't ask me about that or whatever. And then constantly being like, they could have asked me. They could have. Oh, God, my impression is getting worse <laughs> and worse. But like, uh, on a- it's like I just shriveled up inside of it. Was like, no, they could have asked me. No. They, of <laughs> yeah, course, we'll they it. could have asked me. <laughs> yeah. um, but her constant thing of being like, you should have come to me. You should, like the source was right here when that is just not how humans or these shows work since when did anyone go directly to the person on on this television
0: show no nor should you because if you had Erica there at that very first meeting where you're operating off of hearsay and rumour and gossip and you don't know what you think and you're just like you're processing your thoughts out loud and you've been blindsided loud, it would have been a complete mess like she they wouldn't have wanted her to I also think that obviously I wouldn't talk to a lawyer because I don't have a lawyer I'm not important Important enough to have a lawyer, but I also I feel like if you're of the stature of someone like Sutton, where you have loads of assets tied up, I think it's quite normal like, to just be like, "Hey, is everything kosher here? Should I be worried?" And
1: my God, look at freaking Lisa on Salt Lake City in that window oh journey, within like ten minutes, calling up like seven lawyers.
0: <laughs> Guys, I'm literally shaking right now. I don't know what it
1: is. <laughs> With her hand over her mouth.
0: Guys, oh I'm shocked.
1: <laughs> um oh got all of that i have to say my favorite response and she's my favorite person on salt lake city was jenny just sat there whilst they were all like sobbing just like holding her water bottle like <laughs> cracking no into jen's treats whatsoever her snacks and then just to... <laughs> being like what food did she bring yeah, I mean, waste not, <laughs> one,
0: not, i like you jenny
1: very very my brand yeah. um i think it's interesting that when erica first leaves much like a lot of us coming out of a fresh out of a breakup she has this quite like empowered quite excited energy everything's she seems quite like lit up about it yeah and also like she's kind of enjoying especially when she's telling Lisa Renner and whenever she talks about the cheating and stuff she's enjoying dropping these little tidbits of yeah you didn't know oh, you the, the <laughs> listeners can't see my faces but I'm doing lots of facial expressions Um,
0: You have the Erica face down and that's what matters. Erica face down the (laughs) voice isn't
1: there. But like, she's kind of reveling in the story. And like the drama of the thing where it was like, I dropped him off at work, and then I went home and moved out. Mm -hmm. And so it's really weird the way that once everything gets more serious and, and the LA Times article drops, and before that there's like stuff trickling down. When we then get this Erica where everything is like... <laughs> and like and like the crying and the mascara and stuff like that it is weird because it's it does feel like it gets more and more performative as the season goes on, oh yeah to the point that it becomes such high drama
0: can i i was annoyed with the question about the mascara in the reunion because i clocked that and i feel like a lot of people did why she chose to wore um non-waterproof mascara <laughs> Why she? Oh God! Why she chose to wear? <gasps> why she chose to wear? Why she chose to wear non waterproof mascara on a hike, and then where she just happens to have a breakdown and end up crying? Andy asked her the question in the final part of the reunion, didn't he? And we didn't really get an answer from it.
1: I wanted to talk about mascara gate because she they were all acting as if it was ridiculous. And then she was saying something where she was like, I'm allergic to normal mascara, so that's why I always wear waterproof mascara. And for some reason that day and then Lisa Trin is trying to be like you have lots of makeup artists or whatever. And then she's like, I have lots of makeup artists that day. They didn't use waterproof mascara or whatever. That does not answer the question. Yeah, no,
0: exactly. Yeah. It was lots of that just superfluous confirmed. information. Yeah. That didn't get to the root of it. But
1: also it's so weird the way that she's like, I'm allergic to mascara. That's not waterproof mascara. So all the more reason why I would, why wouldn't. You, that, if you had so a new weird. makeup
0: artist, you'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa! can I just check that's waterproof exactly. mascara? Because I'm, Yeah. But then it's like an annoying thing because then you get I'm bogged sorry, down in those it, it, details. Yeah, sorry.
1: I know, but it reminded me of, I've, we've slightly jumped ahead, but my favorite bit of that whole reunion was when Andy Cohen was like, is there a police report? And she was like, they can't find it. Oh, and I was like, I am just waiting for the kind of making a murder a Netflix series to drop about this friggin' divorce and yes. case. Because it was so on brand for that thing of being like, And the craziest thing of all, the police report
0: was gone.
1: And then it's like, (laughs) cut to the credits. And I was just like, oh my God.
0: But that's the thing. The way she says it is in like a kind of cavalier but also I know this is a cliffhanger she's like kind of reveling it's, in the drama and it's it's when it's like when she says the whole um Tom's house was broken into and he got in a fight with the burglar and he had to have surgery. <laughs> and then my son rolled the car five times but so you know you, you don't want to hear it's about a, it it's, it's a whole thing it's like when people write those statuses where it's like I'm gutted right now I can't believe you do this to me like really vague statuses and everyone's like you okay babes and then they're like I don't want to talk about it and it's like well you do <laughs> it's like waiting for people to be like, Erica, tell did. me more. It's like, you don't want to hear about it. It's like, you yes, did. we do. We all want to hear because it's really no, it's a
1: Yeah, you know, I've got a lot going on right now. It's a whole thing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. They can't find it. You know what that reminded me of was that awful... It, I hated it. The reunion with Taylor when they did the, like, coming yeah. up, the thing where... He was like, are you saying that you think Russell maybe was murdered? And then it cuts yeah. on like, her doing this weird like smile. Like she freaking did it. <laughs> and then, of course, when they played that moment, it was like nothing There's to do nothing with like that. that. And it was like just a really... Uh, yeah, that was some brow show...
0: TLC shit right there. It's I was like be, like,
1: be better. Be better. Also, just in case James doesn't watch it, but in case anyone was watching Married at First Sight Australia... Uh, I feel similarly that that show and the producers were scraping the barrel with that final reunion twist that they pulled out with Beck and the dog. And if anyone wants to talk to about it, just slip into the DMs of the Instagram and James can forward it on to me because that was something else. And again, I was like, be better. Be better Married at First Sight Australia. Okay.
0: Fuck that! I'm not going through the DMs about. I got enough glowing DMs uh, for you <laughs> and for you only. If you want to message Ellie, uh, message her uh, Ellie Nunnery.
1: Um, do you want to talk about Garcelle and the hike?
0: <laughs> I thought you said do you want to talk about Garcelle and in the heights. And I was like, she was in, in the heights. Good for her. <laughs> Why not? <She> got... <laughs> <laughs> in the heights. Uh, the, 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 yeah. Um. Yeah. Sure. Let's let's do it.
1: God, I love Garcelle so much. Me too. I just want to be her. She's so grounded.
0: I love a housewife who um I'm struggling to think of another it's
1: a weird noise your end by the way. It's coming through in my headphones. It sounds like when someone blows on the top of a milk bottle. or is it a Hoover somewhere else?
0: Hang on. I'm just going to go to my Construction window. on the street. It might be. Oh, just a second. My neighbours are vacuuming. That'll be it. Ah, In the Um, Heights. Got it in. Ah. (laughs) It's always a party. Um.
1: saying about garcelle i
0: love the garcelle and i'm i'm struggling to think of another example but i love a housewife who so clearly hates being there and hates everyone and she's only doing it for the money and consequently she just doesn't give a shit yeah especially it works really well on something like beverly hills where it's so tactical and everyone especially that fucking fox force 5 or whatever they call themselves are so protective of each other it's Mm -hmm. so nice to just see someone kind of like breeze in and be like just call anyone out equally. It was so great to just see her say to Dorie, "That's not what you said last night about Erica," and just completely pull yeah. the rug from under her. It just—it was. It, she's a real breath of fresh air, and I, I love her. Um, but yes, the hike,
1: which I can now only hear, is like the hike.
0: <laughs> In the hike.
1: In the hike. It's an interesting one because Erica claims that she told Garcelle and Crystal about tom calling her when they weren't filming yeah oh hang on is that right
0: she no she because
1: i thought she told them when they were sat on the top when they were filming oh
0: christ um i don't remember i have such i have the attention span of a goldfish this is the problem with these shows like as soon as i've seen an episode like my memory is just i've cleared it from my short-term memory
1: i know although garcelle it's a very um one of our favourites. It's a very lyrical cadence. It's very memorable the way that she's like, and I don't know if you mind me saying, but Tom calls... Oh, fuck. <laughs> she says, Tom calls her. Tom <laughs> calls her. Yeah. Tom, call, Tom calls her. <laughs>
0: Lady Bracknell's in the room Tom all of a sudden. Tom
1: calls her. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, her actually, I do mind you saying it, but please go ahead. Have your moment.
0: The way I remember this episode, it's off camera. It's just when they're walking away, isn't it? Back to the car. But the microphones are still on. Uh, but yes, Erica says that Tom still calls her every day. And yeah. that contradicts something that she said earlier, I believe, to Rinna, where she said, I haven't spoken to him at all since I moved out in- under cover I of I don't darkness. know
1: why, but I find it slightly hard to believe this constant thing about... Because she says at the reunion where she's like, oh, he's called five times today while I'm here or whatever. I just don't know if I buy that. I don't buy it. If Tom's is kind of... It's weird. If he's as incapacitated as everyone's making out, I don't...
0: Like, why does he have his phone on him still if he's um, not lucid?
1: It's weird. I don't know why I don't believe that. I don't know. It's strange. Um... But yeah, this is just, yeah, it's, I guess we're getting a bit lost in like why we're talking about this, but I guess it's, it's an interesting one because it's one of the first times that we get Erica doing like full breakdown voice and crying in the bathroom. And I really hate this scene for Garcelle because it definitely gets turned on her in a way that I genuinely don't believe that there was any like bad intention. And I think it's a real example where the women lose any objectivity to be like, she didn't mean it that way. It loses what the show normally is quite good at, which is people observing a situation and obviously like naught to a 100 feeling how they feel about it. Mm-hmm. And instead, like we've been saying with this whole thing, Erica seems to have this strange protective shield around her of the way Lisa Rinna just like comes over and sits next to her and just like burrows into her. Yeah. I totally get why Garcelle is upset, because by doing that, what Lisa Rinna effectively does is compound what Erica's saying and validate it. Mm hmm as like, you poor thing. When really, I think they should all be sat there being, Erica, I don't think Garcelle meant it like that.
0: Well, it should be Erica. And Garcelle's there
1: being like, I'm really sorry. Whereas it gets made as if she's like bullied her.
0: They should be saying, Erica, Garcelle didn't mean it like that. But while we're on the topic, can you explain that a bit? Somehow she's never kind of...
1: Exactly. It
0: reminds me of the whole... um, Exactly. the, The Lucy Lucy apple juice thing, where they all sort of get so caught up in debating whether or not Lisa planted the story Mm. that they actually then forget about asking Dorit well what was the deal here exactly
1: exactly and that's just very frustrating and uh, it's not that big a thing I just think for me it both really solidifies why Garcelle's like when they're all being like why haven't you forgiven Lisa Rinner? I'm like well because stuff like that where they're meant to be moving forward and what Lisa Rinner does is basically by doing that is imply that Garcelle did something hurtful. yeah she said
0: that was fucked up so she thinks yeah
1: but exactly so it's like well obviously yeah what well, I've written in my notes here from this point Erica's story kind of become as slippery as a tub of eels
0: <laughs> oh beautiful
1: <laughs> um but it really does because the next day the LA Times story drops, we've got this weird situation on the show where effectively the Erica has created a boundary that means no one's really allowed to question anything, but then this like huge piece of information has dropped into all of their laps. I can't believe she doesn't think it's more normal that they would all get together to talk about it, when literally the day before Garcelle has like spoken about her situation and she's appeared to have, have like a full breakdown. Mm-hmm. So it's like, how could you take from that? Like, we better go straight to Erica and be like, what's going on?
0: If nothing else, wouldn't you <laughs> as a friend want to give Erica a bit of breathing room rather than pouncing on her the very next morning after she's had this breakdown, exactly. like waving the new, the LA Times in her face, being like, what's this all about?
1: Exactly. Like, it's huge.
0: It, it's so true what you said about her story getting slippery. And just to go back again to the whole, like, Tom's house was broken into and son's car rolled five times. It honestly sounds like... You know those games that you play where you sit in a circle and like one person says a sentence and then the next person says a sentence and then one after that and after that. Yeah, and yeah. It just gets so <laughs> lost. And then all of a sudden it's like... And then my son he rolled his car five times and fell off a bridge and then he ran into Gina Davis and Susan Sarandon in a bar and he killed a cowboy and then they went on the run together and then it's- fell off a cliff and it's like <laughs> that's that's just Thumper and Louise.
1: Or you're right. It sounds like that game where you say a word each and as you're going, you're like, "Where is this sentence going? <laughs> like, yeah, like we've lost <laughs> <ends." laughs> it. Like, is
0: she gonna stop soon? Okay, I'm just I'm, I don't say anything. Um,
1: yeah, it's crazy how much. From this point on, it becomes almost impossible to, like, pin down a narrative. It's very... I like all this stuff with the... It's very Making a Murderer with Tom's car accident and the burglary and stuff where there's just so many details. And, of course, like, the details changing thing. It's like, well, that's because they're all, like, retelling the story and it's a classic thing where it's like, the car rolled four times, the car rolled five times, the car rolled ten times. But at the same time, it's, it's more just... It feels... It's really hard to talk about because it was so obscure. It all feels a bit like a fever dream. The Mm -hmm. story about Tom rolling his car on his way home, it's the most fever dreamy of (laughs) any of them. Oh, well, no, maybe the burglary one.
0: He ended up just, like, lying in a ditch, unconscious, for, like, 12 hours until Erica, like, walked to the end of the back garden and was like, what are you doing down there? And then, like, had to, like, hoist him out. It's just so fantastical. And for that to happen a second time with her own son is just in the snow, no less.
1: I know. In California. Exactly. So I don't want to get, like, too bogged down in the because then
0: um, she's won that's what she wants us to do
1: exactly and i kind of want to look instead at the behavior
0: mm-hmm. that
1: happens after this because i think by talking about the indiscrepancies her point in the reunion is that like she'll answer any of them and she'll constantly just be like you shouldn't doubt me you should have come to me you should have yep. whatever what's weird is that she's never held accountable for like the behavior yep. regardless yep. and obviously i want to talk about that dinner and the or what or what to sutton And the fact that she literally promises to like come for her. I'm sorry. This whole, this whole spinning of it in the reunion of being like, what I meant was on this show, every season, you can be having a great time. And the next time you have a terrible season or whatever, like, I will not give you the compassion you like. Ask of me when it is your turn. it's like, sure, that's what I promise you I am coming for you. That's a promise, not a threat. With her finger in her face and like spittle
0: flying in her face. It is
1: so ludicrous to spin it as that and then be like, I'm sorry if you didn't hear it that way. Right. (laughs) (laughs) To not even... It's so weird that she can't go, that sounded bad and I didn't mean it like that. This yep. is the weird, obscure thing that I actually was trying to say. She's just very like, if you took it as a threat, that's on you. <laughs> and it's like, like ourselves says, like, it's bullying. Like, it's crazy. And it's really crazy that the other women don't say anything. I can't believe over the years the heat that other housewives have taken for other things. It is so weird that they all sit at that dinner and Garcelle is the only one who's like Erica.
0: Yeah, like, come on. It's a funny one. I feel like the Beverly Hills, it's like a trope on Housewives in general. And I feel like particularly on Beverly Hills where they really go, whoa, that's a big word. Violation, that's a big word. Bully is a big word. I get how it looks very different when Dorit uses the word bully on Garcelle. I think that's different. But this whole idea where they're like, bullying is a very serious word like how dare you it's like no i actually do think erica's a bully i don't think bullying is that unusual on the show i think it's pretty commonplace i don't get why more of them don't say But it's just
1: like the the lucy juicy thing you were saying it's like getting bogged down with what that label will do to that person rather than being like yeah but what about this behavior that's right in front of us now
0: yeah yeah
1: and it's very strange also they have a bigger reaction honestly to Sutton saying crystal's leather trousers are ugly i
0: i've always thought that it's so it's funny every time she said uh, jealous of what of what Your ugly leather pants and ugly everyone's like Whoa, leather pants oh sutton too far <laughs> it's yeah like it would be the clothing that's like the real straw that broke the camel's back The one thing I feel like with Erica and her attitude, I want to circle back to Sutton and get back to her in particular in just a second. But Erica, I I just can't help but feel like she's completely fumbled the ball with how she's played this whole thing. And she could have... She could have really played all of how Erica fumbled the ball with how she played Uh, this. uh And this this all could have worked in her favor. The whole Tom situation. Erica's shown us over the years that she's very good at costuming. She has a good eye for visual detail and she has a sensibility for roleplay. And so if she can dress up as a dominatrix or some femme fatale or, you know, Mademoiselle KFC or whatever, (laughs) why is she so unable to or unwilling to channel that talent for cosplay essentially into playing the part of a tragic yeah. wronged wife. She has like a wealth of cultural references to draw from like think Princess Diana or She
1: played freaking Roxy, come yeah, on. Yeah, like but it's so it you're so right that it's very weird that she has an opportunity to exactly that. And somehow she seems to accidentally take on this kind of murderous, like, yeah. it's so funny. I watched The Reunion. I was in a train station in Brussels with my housemate and we had like five hours to kill and we ended up sitting and watching the last bit of The Reunion on my iPad. And he doesn't know Real Housewives Probably else. And he was like, this woman is literally like the origin story of a Disney villain. It, yeah. And I was like, I know. It's like the perfect, she somehow got it so... Wrong.
0: (laughs) She's, like, dressed like Honey Boo Boo, but in my head, she has, like, a striking red lip, like a black veil over her face. She looks like some fucking black widow. Yeah, yeah. Being like, I don't know how the axe got into his back. You ask him? Oh, no, you can't, because he's dead. (laughs) Whoops.
1: (laughs) It's just so...
0: But it's shocking, because when I heard all this stuff came out before the show aired, and I knew that they were filming, I was convinced that she'd be walking around like fucking Eva Peron, singing Don't Cry For Me, Beverly Hills, from any balcony she could find, and would be like, and there was like elements of that, sure, with the mascara falling down her face and stuff, but she, it wasn't like and a concerted just effort a hug. that she, yeah, it wasn't something that she could really stick to long-term because she let her anger get in the way. I mean, I think her best performance yeah. was actually, in fairness to her, that Christmas dinner where they all got together after that initial meeting to just bounce off ideas to one another and then they all sort of asked her the tough questions and remember she had Mm. that headband on and she was very meek and demure and like her voice was very political
1: very very controlled yeah yeah yeah. and it felt like a real choice to like turn up looking like a sort of catholic schoolgirl.
0: Right. Um, and did did you catch Sutton absolutely. say that? She clocked that immediately.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so interesting.
0: And I think that would have served her really well had she stuck with that. But I don't understand this stubborn insistence on sticking so rigidly to the I Erica know. Jane of yesteryear.
1: And you know what made it so much worse was she, she had this opportunity to garner our sympathy. Not only did coming after Sutton make her a real sort of like villain in the the way she did it and the way that she sort of threatens... What a weird decision to then pretend to be Sutton's friend. Yeah. God, if you wanted to garner our sympathy, especially in a situation in which people are questioning your, like, authenticity and whether you're truthful, mm-hmm. to do this whole display of friendship that... I can't bear the way that she's tried to spin it as being like, that's called playing your ass. Where it's just like, if you want to really like hammer in the last bit of this stake of people being, of people like not being on your side with this. That's the way to do it. To like, show that you absolutely can lie and shouldn't be trusted and can't be trusted to always give it to someone straight. Yeah, It's so
0: bizarre yeah because it's not even i mean we've seen enough fake housewives apologies over the years i mean let's just go back again to rinna and garcelle and at the reunion like we know how that looks but it seemed like a genuine performance exactly from from erica such a big mistake yeah really exactly such
1: a big mistake to show how convincing you can be and to then do this whole thing of being like no i i wasn't i didn't mean it i'm like oh my god how would your lawyers not be like erica don't show people you're good at lying
0: It's the weirdest defense I've ever seen in my life. Like her lawyers must be tearing their hair out. It's like, she's honestly gone out of her way to do the exact opposite of what should be expected from someone like her. Like she resents the fact that she has to look meek and demure Mm. and look wounded and sort of play that part. It's like the thing that they keep going back to with her online presence and what PK was saying. I was about to say that. I mean, I agree with what PK was saying. I think the only thing where he sort of, he could have been a bit more eloquent was when he's saying like, it doesn't look good with her legs spread in the air. Like it looks a bit slut shamey. But I agree with the essence of what he's saying is that it looks unrepentant to post photos of yourself celebrating your sexuality, not because yeah. of the sexuality part, but the celebration part. Whether you like it or not, you it's shouldn't like be It's just the room. Yeah. Erica knows all of this like deep down she must know it and it just feels like she's maintaining a tactic that's no longer serving her just for the principle of it and it's not even like it's no longer serving her it's she's actively cutting off her nose despite her face at this point you know when she says that her Instagram is a fuck you to the trolls it's like that's cute and all but that's a very short-sighted win when you have so many bigger picture problems that aren't going away anytime soon and it just makes me wonder her intelligence in some way or
1: like how far that stubbornness can go in terms of who must you have around you to advise at what point who are you going to listen to yeah erica's own like insistence that she's right is actually like a real problem what do you think will happen with erica going forward will she still be on the show
0: i actually think she'll be fine I think she'll be fine. I think she's going to find another guy. I think she's going to do a Teresa. I mean, if she stays on this show, that's enough money to tide her over. Mm. I mean, this whole thing about me just in my little old house, my little hovel and my little car, you know, it's like she's fine. God, she looks awful. <laughs> she's fucking awful,
1: yeah. <laughs> the, the 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 hair and makeup has gone way way down since I'm guessing her glam squad. Well, she's forward. become so Even reliant on it, and she's become like, hates
0: her. <laughs> she's become reliant on it, not just in an aesthetic sense, but I think though that glam squad has sort of filled the gap for her in a social way I, I always thought it was really there was a major red flag for me when she in her first season did the whole like I don't have many girlfriends I find it hard to trust women it seemed very not like other girls I was very yeah, suspicious yeah, of that it. and I think in a way she is kind of that cliche of when you surround yourself with people that you pay to be your friends and then they're all all yes men, Mm. I think it kind of colours any perception of right and wrong. You don't have someone holding you to account and saying, Erica, this doesn't look good, maybe you shouldn't do that. She's been, for the last 20 years, she's had people being like, yes, bitch, work! And so suddenly she doesn't know how to deal.
1: I'm just interested how it will work with, like, her music career and stuff because it's not only was entirely like funded by Tom but it also was all built on this persona that's dependent on being like I'm fucking rich and what are you gonna do about it like it where it's like that you can't do that now I'm like unless she comes out with a kind of feed the world ballad or something i can't quite work out like maybe a christmas number one
0: she could maintain this thing of like i'm fucking rich and what are you going to do about it without the wealth part she could still maintain that attitude of like fuck you and i'm doing my own thing and if you don't like it you can go suck a dick But I think that rests crucially on how the show deals with that kind of thing going forward. Handles it. I think the show often has a really warped value system and on how it places a primacy on not giving a fuck and that whole thing over something like Mm. humility and penance. Even though like in society, Mm. that's the kind of thing that we're taught and what we pass on to our kids and walking around going like fuck you i don't give a shit i'm just authentically unapologetically myself is like the housewife zenith it's like you, you're real with a capital r and it's why we have like rinna being like i own it i am who i am and i call it out and i might not be right i might be an asshole but i'm truly who i am i get why yeah, and a- i guess they'll just make a lot of jokes about it next year yeah yeah can we just talk briefly about this whole thing that erica keeps saying and the other women keep saying about erica can't look remorseful because that equals culpability i think that's bullshit mm. i don't get this whole thing that looking remorseful is a bad defense wouldn't it make more sense
1: yeah she should look horrified it's exactly it, it's really weird i don't
0: get why it's so hard to just yeah denounce tom and his actions completely because it's like even
1: if- and release statements exactly being like I'm absolutely horrified, which is kind of what the other women were trying to do, which was, God, Dorit, in the most heavy handed way, constantly just being like, I'm so horrified. Yeah. Like, it, like Dorit was just trying to be so clear that she was like, I morally think this is so mm-hmm. wrong. <laughs> like, uh, we're like, yes, Dorit, we get it. But Erica needed to do that. And what was weird was the way that Erica kept just being like, I can't talk about it. And it's like, I mean, I really think that that was a big mistake. The bit when they were saying to her, your favorite phrase about fumbling the ball, when they were saying, um, have you asked Tom why he did it? When they basically were, it was an opportunity for her to be like, of course, yeah, I've said to him, did you do this? Or to say to him, how could you do this or anything? And to spin that of being like, of course I've said to him, how could you leave me with millions of dollars of lawsuits pointed yeah. at me? Just totally made the point they were all trying to make, which is like, Erica, right now you need to not make it about how could you do this to me? You need to make this, like, how could you do this? Full stop.
0: Yeah, that's the, th- the only moments of emotion we ever saw from her were her going like, look at my fucking life. Crying into a caviar yeah. pie. <laughs> it's like so self-centered, which I get. Like, I, I get you're not going through man. the ringer, but it always needs to be secondary. And it just feels like... Mm. Even when Andy was saying, look, you haven't really spoken about the victims at all. It was like pulling teeth where it's just like, the victims need to be taken care of. I admit that. All right, Bethany. (laughs) 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 The victims need to be taken care of. Yeah. I, I, yeah,
1: I think what's difficult is that she wants the... Public persona and Erica Jane, and she wants the success of being like, you know, you look at her crying over being made into like a little cartoon avatar of Erica Jane, and it's like, but what comes with that on the other side is sometimes putting you, the person inside, I guess, to the side to release a statement and to show like that you, the brand, totally denounce this thing. Yeah, and what she's done is go, but what about, why are none of you thinking about how hard this is for me and for like my marriage is making my, and it's like, no, no, we get that. Of course, the human stuff is very hard for you, but you're a brand and you're a public persona and you're not making it clear, especially when you continue with your Instagramming and things like that, that the public persona and the brand denounces the action.
0: One thing I would have liked to have heard at the end of the reunion when Andy <laughs> was
1: a live performance of Expensive Skinny.
0: Exactly. A nice stripped down <laughs> acoustic version. I think that would have heralded acoustic in a nice live new phase of Erica's career. <laughs> and we just were deprived of that and it was a crying shame. <laughs> No, the thing that I would have liked to have seen in the reunion, when Andy goes around the room and gives each of the women an opportunity to give them a final question and he said, you know, were you satisfied mm-hmm. with what you heard here? Do you have any lingering things that you want to say to Erica? And they're all like, mm-hmm. no, I'm good. I just would have liked one of them to have been like, can you guarantee us right now that any money that is won in this lawsuit is going to go to the victims first and foremost you're not going to get in there and get first dibs to cover the 25 million or whatever that you've lost can, can we have mm. your assurance on that um because it would be nice to see how that plays out in future because obviously actions speak louder than words
1: mm, absolutely
0: i'm sorry i have one more th- i just want to talk about sutton Because I have a theory about Sutton. I just want to get back to, like, the character analysis, if I may. Yeah. As soon as Sutton joined the cast, I immediately knew that it would be a matter of time until Erica was screaming in her face, threatening to kill her and calling her a piece of shit. (laughs) Because I think Sutton, when she first joined the show, quite effortlessly fit that stereotype of a sort of, um, like, very genteel dame from the Deep South, like, almost from another era. And I think that that triggers Erica on a very deep, fundamental level. Mm. It was great. I loved Sutton at the beginning because she was a complete arsehole and in a really good old school housewives way when she's like waltzing around in her haute couture not knowing what Fenty was and like just generally being a bit of a snob.
1: and when Teddy as well when they all were like going around saying like their favourite thing about each other in one of those disgusting pukey oh. dinner party games and she was just like I thought you were going to be a bit boring I
0: thought you were going to be a little boring <laughs> and then I was like oh
1: god she's pregnant <laughs> yeah like,
0: oh lord Jesus help us all
1: it was great because Teddy is boring she's fucking so. boring yeah it was
0: nice to hear some say that um and we get like when that first group dinner scene where sutton's there and she's like we get a talking head from her and she's like i didn't know it was going to be a sort of disco night i think i'm dressed you know a little bit too proper i think um erica's dress is a little short it's where i get a little judgy and then it cuts to erica like with her ass hanging out and she's like slapping her bum for some reason and then they're sat next to each other at this dinner and they're talking about being a mother and sutton says that when she had just the, uh, like
1: let him cry yeah she,
0: yeah she let her kids cry and she's like and i said i said let them cry and then that's when erica goes oh you are a to the core that's a southern mom right there let them cry and then erica goes on to tell us that her mom let her cry and they're both from georgia erica slips back into that southern drawl of her youth and there's a bit of repartee mm-hmm. between the two of them about that and it's done in a way that kind of verges on hostile and it's all sort of jabs and passive aggression but it's sort of veiled under smiles and bon ami and and it's that there's this implicit suggestion <laughs> bon, ami. Uh, bon ami oh baby, <laughs> oh, baby. There's this suggestion in this interaction that Erica, it's kind of like in Atlanta where it's like we see each other, where Erica somehow has Sutton's number and that she instantly Mm -hmm. recognizes her and her type and what she represents. Erica speaks her language. She's familiar with that world because she comes from it, but she's familiar enough with it to know that she doesn't like it. And I don't think she likes it Mm -hmm. because that's where Erica Jane isn't Erica Jane or even Erica Girardi. She's Erica Nobody from Bumblefuck Nowhere. And I think that she Mm -hmm. fears that Sutton sees through the glitz and the glamour and the hair and the wigs Mm -hmm. and all that and sees that little girl. And I think Sutton's sort of Erica's feelings of imposter syndrome personified it reminds me a bit of that scene in Silence of the Lambs where Jodie Foster goes to meet Hannibal Lecter and he's like, you know what you look like to me with your good bag and your cheap shoes? You're nothing more than poor white trash and that accent you so desperately try to shed, pure West Virginia. And like, I genuinely think that Erica believes that that's what Sutton is thinking. But I think Sutton's Mm. just busy thinking about Haute Couture. I think Erica is a very paranoid person. And I think the talk Mm. in her first season about Lisa being like a sniper from the side... I think she got quite lucky because either that is the case, depending on how you feel about that, or at least everyone just rallied behind her and co-signed that. It legitimized that. But I think she was kind of just, I think she's just a very paranoid person. And I think this was sort of her feelings with Lisa Vanderpump and feeling like she was being judged, but round two, which is why I think that when Sutton starts to question Erica's story of events the next season and consult her lawyer, Erica immediately trivializes those Quite justified concerns is, oh, mm. she's small town. Oh, she's clutching her pearls. And what will the neighbours say? And, and that whole talk about like, well, nobody in the country club's ever heard of her. I think she projects a lot onto Sutton of the judgment that she got from ladies back in Georgia at the country club in Augusta where she was serving them drinks. I actually think that's a big part yeah. of it.
1: God, that is fascinating. I, th- that is genuinely, I think that's
0: brilliant. Thank you. Brilliant. Thank you.
1: Also, I feel like that's a really good place to leave Erica because I think that that little girl in her—it's important to remember, I guess, that Erica Jane isn't real. Yeah, and Erica Girardi was also a kind of persona, and it's important to remember that there is a person who like created all of these personalities, and it's very difficult seeing them. And a lot of her life feels like one big cosplay and one big game, whether that's performance cosplay or like wife sort of weird fifties housewife cosplay. Or go-go dancer, cocktail waitress, cosplay. And now I guess it's this very difficult situation that she has a real, sort of real life problem. Yeah. And it's like, you have to deal with it in a real life way.
0: I really imagine. And I
1: do wonder whether, 27 is young and I know she doesn't want to admit, I know that she would, you know, bite my head off for saying this, but... She can't not have been quite infantilized. Bearing in mind she's not had access to her own money. She's been funded for all of this time and things like that. She is kind of frozen in time at a certain age. Yeah. She's been like padding around the house playing wife for however long. And uh, this is some real adult shit dealing with this fallout.
0: And I really hope she sits in that moment and kind of thinks of it. I really have this image of her in her boudoir and the cameras aren't there. And she's like sitting in her nightgown and she's like taking off the makeup and there's like a single tear rolling down her cheek and Edith Piaf is playing in the background and she like removes her wig and she's just bold. And it's the first time she's ever like looked at herself. She's like, look at me. Like, look at what I've become. Like, because this is all you've got, Erica. This is all you're working with. Look at my fucking life. (laughs) And I really want to see that play out. I really want that for her. I think it would be really good for her. I'm more for therapy. I wish I could afford it. And I think that she... I hope she's, like, working through it all. I think she's she's got a long road ahead.
1: We believe in you, Erica.
0: Yeah. Ooh!
1: That was a long one. And um, James... I'm so excited. I'm going to see you in, like, four days.
0: I know! We're going to do, like, a live app. What are we going to do? Well, we could either...
1: Do something about the Ultimate Girls Trip or uh, let's brainstorm at the Regency when I get there. Yeah. We're gonna think of something really fun. Um, but also I guess it would just be nice next week. We'll we'll I think generally just head over to our Instagram for lots of content next week. Maybe, maybe we'll do it'd be quite nice to branch into doing like a an Instagram stories watch long, or even an Instagram live. Um Although I'm not sure, not sure that I trust that we have enough people
0: to we watch don't. an Instagram live. We do. not I life. can categorically say we do. not we,
1: we categorically, <laughs> we categorically do. But maybe we'll we'll film something, or uh, I don't know. I think we can branch out into other forms of media. I don't know. Let us know what you want. Yeah. I think I think it's gone to my head a bit. I think I'm acting as if we have like hundreds of thousands. Of no, people we're acting followers. like
0: we're Erica Jane, and we're really Erica from Augusta, Georgia. And I think we need to... Exactly. <laughs> like, I've heard
1: influencers saying things like, let us know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: like, let us let us know what you want. We are the voice of the people, though.
1: Yes, we are.
0: Thank you for joining us this week on The Housewives Archives. Make sure to click subscribe so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, we would really appreciate a review or a rating. Or if you simply tell your friends about the show, that would help us out too. Thank you for joining. We'll see you next time. Bye.